blessings or curses? Would you be rather be blessed or cursed? James says in James chapter 3 verse 10, they come out of the, the same mouths. Talking about our mouths. Blessings and cursings. To be cursed is to be out of favor with God. Acts chapter 23 verse 14, Romans chapter 9 verse 3, Galatians chapter 1 verses 8 through 9. The New Testament meaning is to be out of favor with God. So blessings, to be blessed, has got to be better than curses, right? Nothing would be worse than to be cursed, to be separated from God for eternity. Do you want to be blessed? This is my question. You know, we use the word all the time. How many times have I or, or you said, Oh, so-and-so is such a blessing. Or that was such a, a blessing. Or, oh, what a blessing you are. How many times have you said that in your life? Happy Father's Day again. Every father here wants the best for their child. Every father here wants their children to be blessed, to have blessings. I want to tell you and show you how you can have blessings every day for the rest of your life, guaranteed. Blessings of mind, blessings of body, blessings of spirit, or curses. You choose. I told you what a curse was, and, and we don't want to be separated from God, but what's a blessing? Do you know what a blessing is? Maybe you're like Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1, and you don't know. Maybe in her case she did know, but she didn't know what to say, how to, how to obtain the blessing. She didn't, she didn't know what to do. You want the guaranteed blessings I'll tell you about, but you don't know how to obtain it. You don't know how to, to go about getting the blessings. And, and yet, right now in your life, you only see the dark side. You only see maybe the ugly side of life. You're mad, maybe. Frustrated. You don't see any blessings in your life. I'll tell this quick story. Dana uh, was driving one day, and, and um, when the kids would ask, or I would ask, Baby, are you mad? No, I'm just frustrated. You know how that goes. And uh, it was just Sarah and Dana in the car. Sarah was just real little, and, and Dana was driving in the car, and... and uh, uh, Sarah said, Mama, are you mad? Dana goes, no, honey, I'm not mad. You know, in that voice, no, I'm not mad. She said, are you frustrated? (laughs) 
<laughs> you number three, you know. Are you frustrated? So many of us are. And you don't want to be. You don't want to be mad. You don't want to be frustrated. But you have or have had no control over the situation that you're in. You know what you want. But you don't have the the mental, the the physical, the, the spiritual, the emotional capacity to obtain it. And everybody, it seems, is either mad at you or, or thinks you're crazy. Sound familiar? That's Hannah. That's Hannah. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, Hannah knew she wanted a baby. She knew she wanted a baby. She prayed for a baby. But on one side, she was maliciously hurt and made fun of. At church, we, we would say, at the place of worship that she went, she was judged unfairly. And her husband, though he tried to help, really made it all about himself. To top all this off, it seemed like God really wasn't listening either. Hannah's husband was, was Elkanah. He came from good people. Verse 1, a long line of Levites, we find out in First Chronicles chapter 6, verse 34. I like Elkanah. I like him. For one main reason. He made sure his family worshipped God. Elkanah had two wives. The name of one was Hannah. The name of the other was Peninnah. Elkanah was also a father because Peninnah had children by Elkanah. But Hannah, she, she had no children. Hannah had the added bonus of her sister wife being really ugly, really mean to her. Has anyone ever been ugly to you? Has anyone ever been mean to you and treated you badly, made fun of you? Happened to Hannah too. What did, she, what did she do? What should you do? If she had just listened to God, if she had just listened to God, we see that Elkanah took his family to worship each and every year. And Elkanah took his family to Shiloh to worship. And Hannah... If she had been here at worship and if she had listened to God, her life may have been a little different. Shiloh was 30 miles north of Jerusalem in the land of Ephraim. This was the town where the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, was located. It's where the Ark of the Covenant was. Elkanah took his family here every year to worship God to sacrifice to God. At this time, Eli was the high priest and his sons, Hopani and Phinehas, were were the priests who helped. They were worthless sons. They They helped the priest at the tent of meeting with sacrifices. Now, I made the statement, if Hannah had just listened to the Lord, she may have found a little peace in her situation. The Lord commanded, let me let you in on something. The Lord commanded Moses... 
in Numbers chapter 6, verse 22, to speak to Aaron and his son, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift His countenance upon you and give you peace. And this is what Eli and his sons were supposed to be doing. This is what Hannah was supposed to be hearing. Every year she went to worship. Eli and his sons should have been saying this, blessing the people. This is certainly what Hannah wanted. She would have wanted a blessing. I wonder if the priest did his job. You know, we sing, the Lord bless you and keep you. Or we bless the bread and the fruit of the vine as we did this morning. Or we say the blessing before a meal, don't we? Or I can say, where is she? Dana, is she? Dana you're, you're such a blessing. Now, am I just trying to get brownie points? Or is it more complicated than that? Or really, is it, is it it's just as simple as that? What is it? What is a blessing? In the Old Testament, the priest would pronounce a blessing upon the people. In the New Testament, in Matthew 26, verse 26, it says that Jesus took the bread and blessed it. But in Luke's account, if you look over in Luke chapter 22, verse 19, it says something different about the Lord's Supper. It says, He took the bread and gave thanks for it. So, we understand what a blessing is. Blessings are nothing more than giving thanks. They're the same thing. So when you say the blessing before you eat, what are you doing? You're giving, giving thanks. When I say, Dana, you're such a blessing, or, or this congregation is such a blessing, I'm really thanking God. It's a pronouncement of goodwill. It's not the food we bless, but God who gave it. To be thankful and to be a blessing are the same. It's God that we thank. It's God that I thank Dana for and my children for and, and, and you for. You are a blessing to me. You haven't imparted some mystical grace to me. That's not what we're talking about here. A lot of people confuse that because special blessings are not yours to give. Material blessings were not yours in the first place. Even our own body is not ours. We were, we were bought with a price. We're not ours. Only in Christ Jesus, because of the sacrifice that He made, that we memorialize every first day of the week, because of the sacrifice that He made, only in Jesus is where all the blessings are located. This is where your, where your bulletin sermon notes may come in handy. Only in Jesus, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, are contained every spiritual blessing, all of them are contained in Christ Jesus. We have redemption, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, through His blood. This is the price that was paid 
for us. So that, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7, we have forgiveness of sins. So that, Romans chapter 8 verse 2, there is no condemning us, those of us who are in Christ Jesus. We are, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, a new creature. We have obtained salvation from sin and from hell. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 10, and received eternal life. 1 John chapter 5 verse 11. Outside Jesus, there are no spiritual blessings. Maybe material, maybe emotional, maybe physical. But outside Jesus, there are no spiritual blessings. There's no redemption outside Jesus. There's no forgiveness of sins. Only condemnation as you remain in that that old sinful creature. No salvation outside Christ and and certainly, certainly no eternal life outside Jesus. All the blessings, the spiritual blessings are in Christ. Elkanah certainly made sure that his family had the spiritual blessings. That's why I like him so much. And they were thankful. Elkanah made sure his whole, whole family was thankful. When the family went to Shiloh, when it was time to make an offering, all of his family got some of the offering to give. When Elkanah gave it to his family, it was theirs. And then when they gave, they were blessed. They were, they were thankful. We can certainly understand this. Some of you this morning... When the plate was passed for the, for the offering, you may have given your child a, 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 some change or maybe a dollar to allow them to give, to allow them to be thankful. We can understand that. In my new King James Version, it says, Elkanah loved Hannah and gave her a double portion to give. Why? Well, the Bible says he loved Hannah, verse 5. And then in this same verse, we learn Hannah's problem. The Lord had closed her womb. We are all fearfully and wonderfully made. And each and every one of us is unique. Some of, some of us are, are born beautiful, like yours truly. And some of you are not. Bless your heart. Some are born handicapped in some way, like Hannah. But each and every one of us is special in the eyes of God. Hannah couldn't have children. And her husband, Elkanah, he he loved her, but I don't think he really understood his wife's trouble. I don't think, men, we can really understand the mindset that goes through not being able to have a child. Men, bless our hearts. (laughs) We have a hard time sometimes understanding what our ladies need. Like Elkanah, we want, to, we want that quick fix, don't we? We want our wife to feel good. He loved Hannah. He wanted her to feel good. He wanted that quick fix for her. Hannah's sister wife, Peninnah, she didn't make the situation any better. Because Hannah couldn't have children. Peninnah made fun of Hannah. 
Verse 6 says that Hannah was Peninnah's rival, the other woman, the rival for the, for the affections and the favors and the attention of, of Elkanah. Hannah was miserable. Why? Why? Because the Lord had closed her womb. That's why. She wanted a baby. Every year, Peninnah would provoke Hannah. She'd make fun of Hannah. When that happened, Hannah would just shut down. Did she not listen to the Lord's blessing that was given by the priest? Did she not listen? We have all had our penniness. And we've all had our Elkanahs who tried to help and kind of really make things more about themselves <laughs> than about us. You, you can read between the lines, can't you? In verse 8, Elkanah must have asked Hannah why she wept in previous years because he asked the question here again. He knows the answer. Hannah must have told Elkanah, I weep and I don't eat because Peninnah keeps reminding me that I can't have children. The Lord has closed my womb and that's why I'm miserable. Elkanah, how many times do I have to tell you? Because in verse 8 it says, Elkanah, he tried to console the wife that he loves. He says basically, what about me? What about me? Am I not better than ten sons? Hannah was alone in a crowd. She felt like no one understood. What could she do? When you feel this way, what can you do? Church, if you want to be a blessing, or if you want to be blessed, like Hannah and Elkanah, the first thing that you must do is desire to be blessed. Desire to be a blessing. Hannah, pushed by Penina, she wanted a baby. You, you know, sometimes mean people are a blessing. <laughs> they push us. They push us into achieving our goals. After the time of eating and drinking, it says... Hannah rose and went out of the tent of meeting. There was bitterness in her soul. Have you ever felt that way? She wept in anguish. Have you ever done that? In verse 10, she prayed to the Lord. She told him her desire. Elkanah had, had tried to get her to count her blessings. That's another thing that we can do. To be a blessing or to be blessed, we can, we can count our blessings. Elkanah, he tried to get her to count her blessings. To realize that we have things to be happy about. Things that we can be grateful for. People, places, and things. Elkanah said, well, what about me? And he was a blessing. He was a blessing. Men, we are blessings. Ladies, children... That father, count him as a blessing. He's a blessing today. But notice how Hannah reaches out to God. 
to be blessed or to be a blessing, you've got to reach out. Reach out to God, reach out to others. If you never reach out, you'll never really understand all of the hidden blessings that are available to you. As Hannah is praying, making a vow to the Lord, you give me a child, I'll give him back to you. Look how, look how she asked for God to bless her, her life. O Lord, verse 11, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant. And before I read the rest, notice here, to be a true blessing, to be blessed, you've got to know, know whose you are. Hannah was God's maidservant. She knew she needed to be right with God, to be righteous, because he's, he's the giver of all things good. God is love. God is good. And because of Him, our children have blessings. Our, our, our husbands are blessings. Our, our wives are blessings. Our jobs are blessings. Hannah desired a blessing. She counted her relationship with God, not Elkanah, but God as the true blessing. And she reached out to the only one who could really help. Because she was righteous, she was a blessing in need of a blessing. Church, do you want to be a blessing to this community? Desire to do so. Count the many blessings that you have here. Reach out to them and be good. Elders, have you counted the many blessings that you have here at Fountainhead? Fathers and mothers and children, do you reach out to each other and to God? Or are you too busy? Are you, and I'm talking to everyone here today, are you here today? Are you right with God? Are you righteous? Well, then you're blessed. And you will be a blessing every day for the rest of your life. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Eli, the high priest, was sitting beside the doorway to the tent of meeting. We can only speculate why. Verse 12, Hannah was praying. Verse 13, she spoke in her heart. Her lips moved, but she didn't speak out loud, and Eli, he thought that she was, she was pretty strange. He thought she was drunk. Hannah was making a vow to God. Hannah was making a vow to God. And she said to give her a male child, that she would give, if, if God gave her a male child, she would give that male child to God all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. She was serious about this vow. She prayed like no one was watching. Think of Eli's actions. Think of Eli's actions. How many times, I don't know, how many times have we run into the seeker and we run them off because of faulty judgment? Because we really don't know what's going on in their life. We've never walked a mile in their shoes. And we run them off because we don't know. We don't know them. We don't take the time to know them. How many times have we perceived the intentions of someone to be against us only to be dead wrong? 
If Hannah had wanted to, as distraught as she was, she could have slunk away and cried and, and starved some more until next year when Elkanah brought her to worship. But Hannah feels powerful now. Hannah feels powerful now. She desires the blessings of God and she knows. She knows she's right. When Eli says, how long will you, will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. Everyone else had just finished eating and drinking. Why shouldn't this woman have done the same? Eli must have thought, no, my Lord, says Hannah. I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but I have poured out my soul. Do you see her example, church? Pour out your soul before God if you want a blessing. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman. I have been praying this way because I am so hurt. She says to Eli, and Eli answered, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And notice the formula. Notice it. Eli desired to bless Hannah. He counted her as a blessing. He reached out to her. and He reached out to God because it was right. And verse 18, Hannah wasn't sad anymore. It says, she wasn't sad anymore. Well, she was a blessing. And she had been blessed. Verse 19, she could worship now. Verse 19, she could have relations with her husband now. Verse 19, she was remembered by God. She was truly blessed. And she did have a child. Before the next year rolled around, She did have a child. Later on we read she had five more. Be careful what you pray for, right? (laughs) She kept her vow to God when the baby was weaned and old enough with her husband. She took Samuel, her only son, and brought him to the Lord's house along with a sacrifice. Elkanah came too. He, He brought the bulls and the grain. Daddies, do we make sure that we make the right sacrifices for our children? We work and we pay the bills and we do stuff. But do we give our children really what they need? A relationship with God. To do so takes the right kind of sacrifice. You've got to, you've got to want it. You've got to desire. You've got to count those blessings and, and reach out and, and be right with God, daddies. This will not happen at the ball game. Although that's good. It won't happen at the ball game. This will not happen in the living room watching a movie. This will not happen at the movie house. This will not happen working late. Mommies and daddies, can you speak the words of Hannah? The words of Hannah as she says, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you, nor is there any rock like our God. Are you that thankful for what you have? Then you can have a blessing. And you can be a blessing. 
every day for the rest of your life, guaranteed. Sometimes we live our lives like, well, no blessings for me, please. Trying to quit. Are you not thankful? In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, Jacob laid hands on his grandsons. Genesis chapter 48, verse 14. In offering sacrifices, the priests, they would lay their hands on the sacrifices, on on the bulls and the goats and the grain offerings. When Joshua was inaugurated to be the leader of the Israelites in Numbers 27, verse 18, the people, they laid hands on him and blessed him. In the New Testament, it's, it's a New Testament concept as well. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 19, He called the little children to them and He laid His hands on them and He, and he blessed them. The apostles laid hands and healed in, in Acts, as we've been learning in Acts class. They imparted spiritual gifts, good things to be grateful for, blessings. They also laid hands in Acts chapter 6 on those on those to, to serve, not to, to impart a gift to them, but to give a cent, to, to dedicate them, to set them apart, to bless them, and bless their work. Today, in some respects, the purpose of laying on of hands to bless has ceased. Again, many misuse the action as some kind of a mystical grace that's imparted. That's, that's not what it is. I mean, Hebrews chapter 10, the sacrifices, they can no longer remove sin. And the purpose of miracles and the spiritual gifts, they, they have ceased. 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 13 and Hebrews chapter 2, they, they were designed to be temporary. But in other respects, why can we not bless? Why can, why can we not be thankful for, as a congregation, that, that new baby? What would be wrong with our elders praying for that family? That they would dedicate that child's life to God. And we all, as one, bless that child and are thankful for that child. We do it anyway. We lay hands on folks anyway. When someone's baptized, don't you hug their neck? Don't you shake their hand and welcome them into the, into the family? But we act like we don't, oh, no blessings for me, please. Nothing, nothing in, a, in a formal way. Thank you. We need to pray for each other. Do good to each other. Ask God's blessings for each other. We've got to start living like we're blessed. Because we are. Above all the peoples in the world, Christians are the most blessed. Amen? We've got to desire this blessing and count it as one of the many. We've got to reach out to those who, who need Blessings and, and be thankful to God. Be right with God. Be righteous. The high priest then 
pronounced a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you, he would say. We, we sing that song. Yet our high priest today is Jesus Christ. He is the fulfillment. He is the source, as we've seen, of all blessings. But to be saved, to have all the blessings that are contained in Jesus Christ, that are to be found only in Christ, you've got to be in Christ. And you know, there are over a hundred passages that tell you of the joys of being in Christ, the blessings of being in Christ, but there's only two verses in the Bible that tell you how to get into Christ. And it's Romans chapter 6, verse 3, and Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. You are baptized into Jesus Christ. That's the only way into Him. Till the end, you're outside. You're cursed. Blessings are curses. It's up to you. But in Christ, you will be blessed every day for the rest of your life. Guaranteed. Don't you want it? Don't you want the blessing? Come right now. As together we stand and sing.